0: Innovation and partnership—we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com/slash-purpose. Parker engineering your success.
1: Boom! What is up, everybody? Happy Monday, Monday, Monday morning. We are back at it, rocking and rolling. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I was definitely a little bit nervous for the stock market today. We saw a lot of money flow out of crypto this weekend, this especially, you know, Sunday morning. I don't think any of us were feeling good, but but lo and behold, we are feeling good today. Market is roaring. We got SPY up 1%. Let's do a quick check. All right. Look at that. Almost a 2% day on the NASDAQ, Q B and the ETF that we use to track NASDAQ. Um, yeah. I mean, just a monster day. Very strong off the open. We're up pre-market, very strong off the open and still trending higher. So so I'm, I'm feeling generally pretty darn good about that. But guys, welcome to the Power Hour. This this is the Power Hour that you are hanging out on right now. If you don't know what the power is, don't worry. I will tell you this is the trade idea show. All right. That's what we're trying to do is, is we're spending these 60 minutes together every single day because we want there to be literally no better resource for you to come and find trade ideas. That's the goal. That, that that's what we're competing for. Um, and, and we're just going to keep rocking and rolling like that. All right. So, so on the agenda for today, last week, we said, uh, would an intro to options be helpful for everybody? If we, if we did a little session that was, Hey, we're going to do, do some options lessons. Would, would that be helpful if people want that? We got a resounding yes. So, so today at 1230 Eastern, so about 30 minutes from now, options, Mike is going to be joining the stream. Uh, And he's going to be coming on to give us that options 101, that quick little intro to options lesson. Uh, So we have that to look forward to. Uh, And and basically what we're going to cover today in in like the options 101, I'm guessing, is we're going to just be doing some some basic contracts like, you know, call buying, put buying. How do they work? How does the money flow? How do you make money? How do you lose money? How do you identify the setups, that sort of thing? Uh, And we're going to continue the options theme throughout the week. So, so if you are somebody who likes to have a reoccurring theme in your life, you, you don't like to switch things up, you want to have you know, something run consistently through, uh, options is what it's going to be this week. Uh, so, so we're going to get more advanced with options throughout the week. Tomorrow, as an example, we're going to be doing uh, option selling. So we're going to talk about selling puts, selling calls, uh, and we're actually, I've, I've already got three trades queued up. I already know the stocks that I'm, that I'm going to be trading tomorrow. So we're going to be doing three live trades on the program tomorrow where, where we are selling options. We're going to be going through the math on them. We'll pull out the Excel, figure out our profit and loss. Why are we trading these contracts, etc. cetera? Um, and and so, so that's the idea for the week. Today, I've got a lot of tickers to talk about. I've got, let's see, I'm looking at a list of seven tickers, seven stocks for us to talk about but before we get into our agenda for the day, what's up, BNZ, Clyde Blind Trader in the chat? Guys, if you're hanging out in the chat, say hi. You know, I mean, we're a community, right? This is what Zinger Nation is. It's a family. They say, not only say hi, also drop in your tickers that you're trading today. And, and, and let's start it off with this. I got a, a nice Twitter DM this weekend that reminded me that we never... Pick the winner for our chat challenge last week. So I will actually want to start there today before we get into stocks. All right, so on my screen, I have our chat challenge from last week. If you don't know what the chat challenge is, it's for Zinger Nation. Every single week, we're going head-to-head. We're doing a stock picking contest. All right, everybody in the chat is dropping in their tickers. They're saying, you know, whatever the theme is, this is the, the best stock of the week, the worst stock of the week, whatever it is going to be. Um, they're, they're, they're dropping those tickers in there. Uh And so last week, I got to say, you guys were some pretty poor stock pickers. Uh Most of the group was down, right? And down badly. Like we've got a lot of 30% losers, 10% losers, 20% losers. But, but we did have, we had only literally only one big winning stock out of the group. It's going to James D in the chat with his pick of IDEX. Hold on. Wow, that's a really quiet air horns. Could you guys hear that? That was amazingly quiet. It maybe worked. I don't know. You tell me. Let's try it again. All right, first air horns of the day. James D. in the chat with his pick of IDAX was the best performing stock of last week. Uh, James, we, we have some new Benzinga jackets. You are going to get mailed one. Drop us an email. Uh, it's powerhour at benzinga.com here. I'll pop in the chat and put that in the chat. Powerhour at benzinga.com. Um power hour at benzinga.com. Boom. All right. I just put that in the chat. Drop that email over. Tell us you won. And guys, if you did not get to participate in the chat challenge or you participated and you were one of the losers, you picked one of these crappy stocks that was down ten percent last week. Don't worry. We're gonna run another contest this week. It may maybe guessing the price of Bitcoin. I don't know. If somebody has a better idea for the chat challenge, what the competition is, drop that in the chat too. All right. Always open to doing things a better way. And then I will make the ask as well, guys. Go ahead. Smash that, stri- that like button on the stream. Share the stream. We got 200 people in here, 29 likes. Let's run these numbers up. If we get it high enough, I think we, we get you know a good three 400 people in here. We might even get Jason into the group. But all right, without further ado, let, let's run through the trades. I made one, two, three, four, five. All right, I made five trades last week. So so, so every single day on the show, we take a look at the live portfolio. It's the, the list of stocks that I actually own in my real brokerage account. We, we check the performance over time, et cetera. Uh, we added five positions last week. So, so I want to hammer through those really quick. Talk about, hey, we added this stock. Why do we add it? How do we feel about it? How are we playing it now, etc. Guys, if you have other chat tickers, drop them in the chat. Like I saw the first one already come through. Sundial Growers. Now I'm gonna add producer AB onto the stream now too.
2: Um, what up,
1: Zinger
0: Nation? Do
1: you have any opinion on Sundial Growers, producer AB? And where the hell are you? You, you're not at like your normal home with like all your college degrees behind you, your your typical home office?
0: No, unfortunately, I don't have my degrees behind me. Um, but I'm here in the Motor City, in Detroit, Michigan, coming to you live from the Benzinga office. Happy to be here. Glad to be here. Um, I, I'm in Sundial. <laughs> big, big, big shout out, producer AB. So, look, Sundial, he, you know, they've got, um, from what I understand, right, they make like a a, tr- a harvester for the cannabis. Um, So it could be an interesting shovel play in the cannabis industry. Uh, The price action. This is one that we of course saw get a crazy run up. Yeah. Back in. uh,
1: Yeah. This was, this was an Atlas favorite.
0: Yeah. And we saw it go. My opinion
1: is that the thing's not going to do anything until then. If, if if like it starts to pick up in the social waves again, if it gets going in the chat rooms, boom, I'm a hammer that I'm going to get back into this stock. Let's 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 let it ride. Let's run it up. Um, but nope.
0: So yeah, I mean it's hard, it's hard to say if that if 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 the run up, you know, if it's going to if it's like low float, shorted, what the deal is with that. Um, but who knows? I mean, if the whole cannabis industry takes off and this really ends up being, you know, if they're like the John Deere of, of cannabis, but my opinion is just that
1: Yeah, but why you not? Know, I, I think yeah. that if you're not in the stock, you have no I mean, I don't know the company, right? But again, I know that this last crazy move when the stock went from fifty cents to four bucks. It was because it got run up on, on the social sentiment. You obviously don't have it right now. I don't know what other catalysts they have on the horizon. Um, and, and we've got Christian in the chat is saying that, you know, that every time that the stock gets run up, management drops an offering on people. Obviously, that doesn't hurt. So there we go. Yeah. And somebody else like, is saying look at the float.
0: Yeah, that's what I was saying is I'm not sure. I haven't looked at like the most recent float data, how much it's shorted, et cetera. Um, Jim stocks is saying he wants it in at 50. I, I think I actually originally got in before that run up so, somewhere around there. Um, and so, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been in this since, since it had that crazy run up, but
3: who the thing
1: that I'll say too, guys is, is that if you have tickers, if you have stocks for us to look at, this is the power hour. This is the trade idea show. I immediately regret this decision. Drop your tickers in the chat. We'll look at them. Okay. Um, All right, AB, you want to hit some of the ones that I bought last week? Let's do it. All right, Coinbase getting a little bit of a saving grace today after the crypto market bloodbath this weekend. Goldman Sachs coming out with a buy rating on the stock, $306 price target. Let's talk about analyst ratings broadly as a whole. Guys, we have this amazing resource on Benzinga.com that gives you all of the analyst upgrades and downgrades. I'm going to drop this in the chat. Like Bookmark this page and share this page. This is like one of one of my joys. This is actually the most, I believe, the most visited analyst ratings page on the internet. So you should definitely bookmark and look at this thing. But but let's zoom in. Let's talk about analyst ratings as a whole for a second. So 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 you get all these banks, right? Here here's a list of firms right here uh, that come out every day. There's maybe like 150 uh, reports that come out uh, with, with with these sell side banks putting out their ratings on stocks. There, there's only a handful of them that actually cause stock prices to move. You you've got Goldman Sachs. JP Morgan, uh, maybe a Citigroup, maybe a Credit Suisse, maybe a UBS. Um, but but Goldman really is the big one. These used to be way more influential. If we're, we're talking five, 10 years ago. These used to always move stocks. It, it's been less so recently. Um, but but if we go ahead and we look at Coinbase on this page, C-O-I-N. All right, there you go. You've got Goldman Sachs coming out for the very first time on this stock. They have a buy rating on it. They announced that, that 306 uh dollar price target if my mic is cracking please let me know um and, and the stock gets a little bit of a pop despite the bloodbath in the crypto market um i mean coinbase i am I'm, I'm long the stock for a couple reasons oop i'm on the wrong benzinger pro i've got a couple open there it is it's
0: cracking a little it. bit for me but i didn't know if that was just my new all setup right, producer
1: rohan can you help us please all right producer rohan's on it um but, but I'm on the stock for a couple of reasons. One, it's a less volatile way to, to get access to the crypto market, right? It's going to move less than Bitcoin. It's going to move way less than your Mars or your Riots. Uh, two, I think the stock is pretty cheap. I, I, I did a calculation over this weekend. We hosted our Benzinga boot camp. We walked through all the math to calculate the PE ratio on this stock. The PE on this thing is only 18 and a half. Compared to the S&P 500 average, which is like these are mega lower growth stocks. Oftentimes, uh, the average is 44 on, on the S&P 500. So, so I think it's a fairly inexpensive company. Um, you know, It's, it's less volatile. It gives you some crypto exposure. So, so that's why I'm in that one. Uh, and, and, and I'm going to throw all these stocks that I bought last week. And I'm going to drop them out to the chat. If you guys like this stock, you like Coinbase, drop me the one. If you're hanging out on the sidelines, you're not in it, give me a two. I want to know.
2: Why? 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 All
1: right, there's me I, there. I
0: need to go back. And I, I, you know what I said last week about Coinbase? I wasn't saying I think it's going to go down to 150. I was saying if we saw more pain in the crypto market as far as, you know, we saw Bitcoin hit, hit like 32,000 and bounce. But if we see Bitcoin fall through that support down below 32,000, down to like twenty eight, down to twenty five, then that's when I think we can really see Coinbase... Get hurt, see it below 200. If I see it at any point below 200, I will hop in.
1: All right, so so there you are with it. Um, Voyager, people are asking about Voyager. We'll we'll get to Voyager in a minute. I've got a deeper dive on Voyager that we're going to do today, hopefully, assuming we have time. We'll see. Um, And look at all those twos, AB. They hate this stock.
0: I think a lot of people got burnt on this when it came out at the IPO. People wanted it; they got in around.
1: 350. If they listen to this show, all right, if you listen to this show, you did not get burnt on the stock. We specifically said, the line to watch is, can the stock hold the open price? It didn't. We said, we are not buying this thing. We just got in average price 235. Uh, So we're pretty much flat on the trade, right? Eight bucks out of 235. It's like, what, 3% or something. I told you guys if that's not reason to like the stream and share the stream, I don't know what does. Okay.
0: Plus, you, you do have some upcoming catalysts with Coinbase, of course. Whenever they do list, other, Doge yeah, other things you
1: got the Dogecoin, and you also the Robinhood IPO. If The Robin IPO is huge. Coinbase is going to run off of that. There, there's no doubt about it. Um, GLD that that that's another one that that I got into last week. All right, we're we're talking inflation. I feel like inflation is, is it's like already been the dominant story. I feel like it's going to continue to be the dominant story especially sort of as the world gets back to normal, the government c- cuts off the money printing machines a little bit. Uh, the market starts to crack. They have to issue more money. In- inflation is here. There's no doubt about it. We saw the CPI numbers. Gold, historically, there's a ton of academic research that shows us. That shows the price of gold increases when we are in high inflation environments. This is sort of my general market hedge. I actually do have a fairly substantial position in gold. It's not volatile. Um, you know. So, 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 that, so that's my deal there um and, and so we saying any more info on on oh it's tony from delito saying any more info on the robin hood ipo it should be next month that that's the expectation that that we have that's what's been reported
0: we'll that's have to ask our resident ipo expert matt hammond on that check in check in the pre-market prep we'll, we'll get him on there
1: cool but all right so so there's the gold trade guys again it, it, it's oh, it's all right t- go on without me Producer AB, we're going to mic switch to to stop the crack. So we're talking,
0: talking gold right now. I do want to go back, you know, Luke mentioned the CPI, Um, you know, before people get super scared about that. The one thing that I think was interesting looking back on that was, was the prices from the April CPI were based on last April's. So if you look at it and you look at the details, what was driving that CPI up higher um, it was things such as, you know, rental cars, travel, um, you know, vehicles. And last April right after the, the COVID shutdown, no one was renting cars. So prices were, were much cheaper than they normally are. And then they go back to normal. So it looks like, oh, rental cars are 20% more expensive year over year. Um, when obviously th- those were due to some other factors last April.
1: All right, I'm back, Bruce Raby, Can you hear me? How do I sound? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. You sound better. No All problem. right, Chad, drop me a one if it sounds good. If it sounds bad, drop some expletives, okay? All right, so gold, you're just talking about car parts, auto cars? I was just talking about how the CPI was a little more inflated
0: than it should have been because of last year's, in April, stuff like rental cars, etc., were way cheaper than they normally are.
1: Boom, we're getting positive feedback on the <laughs> microphone. There's Bruce Rohan coming through. All right, that's taking us to carparts.com, another benefactor, I think, of rising inflation. Uh, you know, people are not going to, if, if we get big inflation prices, used cars go up, the, the prices of them, new car prices go up. Uh, people are going to opt to repair their cars. It's been a red hot market. Uh, carparts.com, a very cheap stock trading at 1.6 times price to sales. We bought this one last week in the live portfolio for, for just above 15 bucks. Uh, we we've had the COO slash CFO on the show several times. Um, only 3% of car parts in the U S are sold online. The rest of it is, is sold sold in stores, digitally. I mean, uh, or so, sorry, sold in stores, repair shops, etc. So, so I like this one as a long term play. Um, so, so that was another stock that we added to the portfolio last week. All right, and people are asking about lots and uh, and and uh, Neo. Lots, I still own this stock. Here's a one year chart of lots daily candles. Obviously ugly. Let's zoom in a little bit. Um, I mean, you don't have a ton on the chart, right? You've got this bottom right here at at 488, 490. Um, Yeah, so somebody else. uh, Andre in the chat's dropping that AutoZone is reporting earnings tomorrow. Uh, If you guys need a quick list of stocks reporting earnings, I've got you. Boom. Benzinga creates this cool graphic. Yes, sir. Shout out to Yep. That's how I knew AutoZone is reporting. Don't miss your earnings reports. I'm going to drop this in the chat. Everybody has that one. Hi. Um, but yeah, yes. I mean, lots, like I still own the stock. I have no reason really to own it. I cleared out most of the stocks. So I don't really have a reason to own recently. I do like the the market in general, the used car market in general from an investment perspective. That's why I kept it. Um, and I'm just sort of hanging out on this thing. I want to ask the this one. If you guys still like lots at this price, basically five bucks on the dot, throw me the one. If not throw me the two. I, I want to see where everybody's at with this one. This one I think is going to be more divided. What, what does lots do? I Any mean, do they do anything like special or different or they're just a, a a used car? Uh so 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 I believe it's like buying used cars in the United you know, States like a, it's like a Carvana competitor.
0: Got it. Well yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, if if is like the leader and, and yes, they have and a big, everybody
1: still loves lots. They're getting those ones out for lots. Okay, okay, they're coming through. All right, uh let's look at Neo two. That was another one somebody dropped in the chat up five percent. I I wouldn't. Where are you at with Neo? I'm gonna get so much internet hate. I'm still the Neo bear. I mean, Neo is a stock that I've always loved to hate.
0: I I think it's expensive right now, but hey, if you're throwing it in a long-term portfolio, you know, ten years, it's it's hard with some of these Chinese companies to know like, you know, how, how legit they're gonna be ten years from now, etc. But I think Neo's got a good long-term case. I mean, if they become the Tesla of China, the you know, go to EV. I don't I don't mind throwing a little bit of Neo in the long-term portfolio. Yeah. But right right now, if I'm looking at it as like a short-term trade, it's still a little expensive for me.
1: Yeah, I mean my thing with it too is is if if you're buying Neo, what catalyst are you buying it for? And I don't know the stock especially well, right? But but I mean you, you have a chart that that's in a downtrend. Um, you, you, EVs were the hottest shit around. They're not anymore. Okay. Newsflash. It's been like three months since EV stocks have been hot. Um, you know, the money's rotated out of them. It went to crypto and now it's starting to flow back to small caps. It's not in EVs. Um, you know, we don't have an upcoming earnings report. Like, I don't know if you're buying the stock right now. I don't know what catalyst you're buying that stock for. That, that, that's my thing with Neo. And, and I see somebody else in the chat is dropping my favorite ticker, ticker F still in this one. Stock calls air horn for Ford. dude. We make people money on the show again. This was our our stock of the year, is our 2021 stock of the year. Look at that chart getting what? So let's see, 850 minus 1320. How what percent gain is that? Looking year about 40% Probably by 8.5. Don't short me, 55% producer AB. I'm not going to let you short me on my Ford returns. um Guys, the line to watch in Ford, okay? This is a year-to-date chart. 1360. I'm going to zoom us out. Two-year chart. We're looking at two years now. 1360 still the high. I'm going to zoom us out again. We're going to go to five years on Ford, okay? Let's zoom it in. Uh, We're going to look at this 1360 line again. All right. 1360 is a high all the way back here. Let's get a date on this. It's a high all the way back to... Uh, 20 July of 2016, $13 and 60 cents. That is your line to watch in Ford. If you're not in this one yet and you want to get into it, look for a breakout on the upside. Uh, if, if you're in the stock now watch, see if the stock runs into trouble at 1360. But again, that's our five year high in the stock. That is the line we're watching. Jason's here. What is going on, sir?
2: What's up? What's up?
1: How,
2: how's the market today? How's life?
1: Markets We are, are ripping, up. baby. Crypto's a little bit of a rebound after the bloodbath this weekend. Spy, you have Spy. We're doing a quick Spy check, up one percent. We look at the Triple Qs, the ETF we use to track the Nasdaq, up one point seven percent. Your Tesla's up three and a half percent. So, so we're, so we're getting a little bit of action.
2: What's up, Mike? Jason, man, how you been? It's been a while. How are you? It's been a while. How are you? How are you? I like Doing you. good. Thanks. You look nice. You got a blue background, blue shirt.
3: Going look- for it. Looking good, man. Looking He's, good. You even
2: got the air conditioner off today for the first time in a week. Nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Where are you uh, located? I'm in New Jersey and it was 95 yesterday and humid. It was not wow. fun. <laughs> I like to be cold versus warm like in a house. So I keep the air conditioner on a lot, maybe too much, but that's just me. You know? I, I can go with that. Yeah, I like to be cold. Not like yeah, I don't like snow, but um like I mean, I mean like I liked I have fans next to me. Like <laughs> I keep fans nearby. Well I have you know a personal I mean? space heater at my computer and six monitors it tends to warm my office up rather nicely. Aha, see there you go. there you go. All right well here Aaron take it over baby. all right care, um, um, Yep. nice talk Mike you. do you
0: have, do you have a, a screen you can share with us to kind of um, show us
2: about you know just your basic option strategy? I can definitely share my screen. Let's see. Um, if not, let's I can see just pull what up share it's going to give you. Uh...
0: You should have the option to do different windows, or usually, like just just sharing a specific application or tab is the easiest. That way, you can go back to it.
2: You know, I'm going to let you do it. Uh, okay. Let me try this off because I don't just I don't want my um, account information accidentally gets going on screen. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> hear you there. All right, well, give me a sec. Can you just start us off by explaining kind of the the differences between trading options versus just buying common stock in a, in a you know shares of a stock and then what the what the benefits of options can be for even a smaller trader
2: sure so when you buy stock you're buying the equity right and let's say you went out today and let's say you bought snap right now and it's trading at 5974 and you bought a 100 shares of snap you would pay your five thousand you know nine hundred seventy four dollars and you own just you know, 100 shares If the stock goes down a dollar, you lose a dollar per share. If the stock gets back to 59.74, you're a even, right? So you have, you know, whatever the stock does, your movement is completely based upon the stock price, right? And you have no expiration. You can hold it forever, right? If you want to hold Snap for the next 20 years, have at it. You never have to sell it. Options are a contract. And what options are, they're a contract between you and whoever you're selling the options to you or if you're buying a put or a call, and we'll keep it simple today. I'm just going to be saying I'm going to buy a put or a call. And what they do is they basically give you the ability to buy or sell a stock at a specific strike price. They have an expiration date. You know, typically, if you look, uh, most people want to trade weeklies or the front month. But you have, every month you have weekly, monthly expirations on options. I, By the way, to new people, I highly recommend you focus on monthlies and stay away from weeklies until you get more advanced. Most people I know, they tend to take their biggest losses always on weekly options. But what they do is they also give you leverage, and that's why we love them as traders. One contract, so if I bought one $60 call on Snap, for example, right right now, and you can take a look at that and say, okay, uh, Snap here, The let's go to the, let's do the June expiration of Snap. The $60 call is right now trading at roughly 293 right? I would put out. Um, each contract is worth hundred shares. So that would be the same as me buying hundred shares of stock. So very simple. I would put out two hundred and ninety three dollars, and that would be what I would my risk on snap. My risk is now premium paid, right? So the worst I can lose on that trade is two hundred and ninety three dollars. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. So essentially, you know for for even smaller investors, you can find find a premium like that that's just two hundred and thirty nine dollars or two ninety three you said that's where that one was at currently, yeah. So, I mean, that's where I think it, it plays in a lot for, for newer investors, because people tend to get really scared about options. They think, oh, you can lose infinite amount of money, or you have unlimited loss potential, whatever, when it's actually the, the exact opposite, if all you're doing is buying a, a
2: simple call contract. Right. But there is something that has to be dealt with, and that's called theta decay in stocks. And I don't know want to go heavily into the Greeks, but Every day that goes by, you have a decay in an option. If the stock of the price doesn't move, the option is going to go down a little bit. And if you look at that call that we just called out in SNAP, it has a decay of, let's pull it up here, theta decay is $0.06. So every day, let's say the stock, for whatever reason, didn't move a penny, that option is going to lose $0.06. And the closer you get to the expiration, this case being June 18th, the faster that option is going to decay. It's an accelerated trend. It's a curve, comes up and then it just starts to go down. Any option that expires out of the money is going to zero on options expiration. Very important thing to know about options. If they expire in the money, you're going to get assigned. So if you own the 60 calls and SNAP closes, at $60 and one cent. And by the way, it's not the close of the trading session on Friday. It's usually around between 4.30 and 5 when the market makers actually come in, the brokers do all their signing of it. You could get assigned a hundred shares. You need to have the cash to bring that on something. A lot of people just don't realize when they first start trading options. And so all of a sudden they're getting a margin call because they now have a whole bunch of shares in their account. They don't know what to do.
0: Yeah. And I don't know if you were watching earlier, but that's what uh, Jason was talking about his BTN calls. That the stock's been up, but the calls are down, and it's you know because of that time decay.
2: Well, it's time decay, and there's something else going on here, and that's the VIX. The VIX had a big run a couple of week a week ago, but as the VIX comes in, um, VIX affects VIX affects the price of options. When volatility is cheaper, options are cheaper. When volatility is more expensive, options are more expensive. So when you get a big yank in, like we had on the VIX last week. You see the price of options come crashing back down again and all that volatility, it's called implied volatility, comes out. Meaning if the stock's not moving enough underlying, your, your option's going to get worth less and less at the end of the day.
0: So have you ever, have you ever seen um, something where, where say I buy a snap call and tomorrow the VIX shoots up but the stock is like barely down? Have you ever seen something where the, where the contract actually becomes worth more just based on the VIX and not based off stock movement?
2: I see it every day based upon big flow. And if you really want to see that come to play, you know, what I do is I, I call out option flow for my members and we you know what's going on. But when you see big time option flow coming into a name, the first thing the market makers do is they jack up the implied volatility on the name because all of a sudden they have risk. Right. So if you think what a market maker does, they make their money off the mid the mid range. Right. And the first thing they do is when they get hit with a large order is they jack up the price of the options, the implied volatility, because they want to reduce their risk. And they also go and they hedge the order off. By the way, if you want to look what happened in GME, GME and these Reddit guys, they figured this out and they used cheap calls on GME and some of these other names to drive the price of the stock off. Because as they were buying the calls, the market makers were actually buying the stock to take away, to hedge it off. They didn't want anything to do with the bets. So you see that all the time where the stock doesn't go up much, but the options go soaring because the implied volatility goes up. One thing to be careful with. If nothing happens in a short period of time, guess what happens to that implied volatility?
0: Um, it goes down. Comes no, right back okay. down, and, the, and yeah. the option
2: price comes crashing back down with it.
0: So one, one thing that I thought was really interesting with the whole uh, GameStop saga on the option side was once it did get that huge one let me go back let me go to like a one year so we can see this huge run up once it did get all the way up here to 450 whatever there were a lot of people that were buying puts back down at say 200 whatever and the stock would drop but the puts were actually worth less and that was because a lot of the as you were saying the volatility was coming out of it coming out of the stock
2: yeah so when they were buying those cheap puts when it was up around 500 a share you know you're 400 out of the money you need a lot of movement for that to work and the one thing you have to look at when you look at options is look at the delta. Delta is how many, you know, how much how many cents my option will move based upon a $1 move in the underlying equity. So, if GME they were buying puts that had a 1 cent delta, even if it dropped 50 bucks, right? As you pointed out, the IV is going to drop more, the options are decaying. It's just not enough to get it to get the the options to work. And a lot of people found that out the hard way.
0: Yeah. And well, well, in the initial run up, the IV just got so high because the volatility was crazy that once a little bit of that volatility came out. And I mean, I saw people that actually they would buy, like, say, like a two hundred fifty dollar put and then GameStop was below two fifty and still their put contract was worth less than it was. Um, So it's not always as cut and dry as, you know, stock going up. The calls are going to going to do well. Stock going down, the puts are going to do well.
2: Um, well, I mean I remember GME had volatility IV of over 600%. I think it was like 660 700% at one point. Yeah, which that's just unheard of. Right. And now it's trading around at 100%. Which and is a heck of a lot more reasonable.
0: Yeah, which we're getting we we are getting a little into you know some of the technicals Greeks here, but uh, let's bring it back to options 101, you know, get back to basics. So as right. far as um, how another way that I think that smaller traders can benefit from using options is just hedging their portfolio. You know, so if your portfolio is just all long, you have all the stocks that you love. Um, it's really easy. Like within the past couple of weeks with some market weakness to see your portfolio get hit 10, 20%. And if you just have some say, you know, spy puts in there, something like that, it can really help even out your portfolio on those red days.
2: I mean, so I had, um, up until two weeks ago, I had a the hedge on the V with the VXX. So, for me, part of when you trade options is also understanding what the market's doing. Are we in an uptrend? Are we in a downtrend? Or we've been pretty much stuck in a sideways trend now for the last couple of months in the SPY, right? Which, by the way, is the worst thing for options because it just chews option premium. Uh, but yeah, you have a hedge. That means that you know it gives you the chance to react. The purpose of a hedge, to me, is. I wake up one morning and the market's down 3%, 5%, whatever it is. I have something to take the edge off, right, to, to, to soften the blow of the hit that's coming to what I have in place and make smarter decisions. So for me, I like the VXX because I'm a bull-minded guy at heart, and I'd rather be long than short. It just works to my mentality better. But to your point, puts on the SPY, the Qs, the IWM, pick your favorite index works well or your favorite name that you really like to, sh- uh, to put puts on. Another great strategy there is if you own the stock outright, for every hundred shares you have, you could sell a call against it and do a covered call and collect the premium. You know, as the stock goes down, you you get to basically you can buy the calls back cheaper or let it expire worthless. Your risk is if that the stock reverse and it goes up, you'll get called away at the strike price. But as long as you're willing to do that, for me, I always am. OK, so I get called away. I still make money and I keep the premium from the options. Another nice little thing to do.
0: Yeah, and I mean the only thing that I always get kind of scared of when doing that is I don't want to wipe out my gains that I'm getting because I'm like buying say puts on spy and if like you're saying if spy is just in a in a side trend and it's not going down or up then those those puts are just getting crushed because of the because of the theta decay. Um, although maybe we can get into this another day when we get into options two hundred one. There are kind of options strategies way to play a stock that you think is going to be moving sideways. Correct. Um, but yeah, those are a little bit more advanced. We'll, we'll get into those at a later date. So here's what I want to do for the next. We've only got about 5-10 minutes. I want to take some some questions from the chat. See if anyone out there, maybe you haven't traded options before, but you want to try. If you have any questions about you know, where do you start, um, etc., please ask us. We'll, we'll get Options Mike here, who's a pro, to, to give you a good answer. Happy to. And yeah, I mean, that that's for me. So I, I, w- I would just suggest for anyone that's maybe just starting to stick to something that's not, you know, terribly expensive. Like you're not well,
2: buying super gonna, expensive premiums. piece of advice real easy for you guys here is, you know, there's certain names I just won't touch with options. And, you know, a simple rule of thumb for me, if it trades under a million shares a day, I generally don't trade the options on it. Not the, not the option volume, just stock volume. Secondly, if the name's not liquid, names like booking.com, Chipotle, where they, you know, if, when you can see they only trade like a couple hundred options a day, you don't want anything to do with that. Because if it goes against you, the, put, the bid ask on that can be as 2 $3 wide on your option. And good luck getting out because the market makers are going to make you pay through the nose to get out. So you need to play names that are liquid. If you're just starting, stick to names like Ford, GM, Apple, Facebook, Microsoft, uh amd is very liquid i mean just trying to give you some names off the top of my head where tremendous amount of option flow every day spreads are typically within a couple pennies of each other really something that'll help you out
0: yeah i mean as you said if you're trading if you're trading options on a, on a stock that's trading less than a million shares a day it's just hard when you don't have that volume to like even if you're even if you're right, even if the stock goes up and you have some calls, a lot of times those calls won't reflect that as much on a stock that does have good volume. Correct. Um, Tom Lindbergh is asking, I want to ask about the wheel option strategy. Can you explain if that's a reasonable strategy? So I think that's a little bit more advanced, but we, could, we can touch on that.
2: Which option strategy? He said wheel? wheel option strategy. I've never heard that one. Honestly, and I'm trading options now for... <laughs> Fourteen years. I have no idea what that is. Maybe we'll have to have uh,
0: Tom on one day to teach us about the wheel option strategy because I personally don't know anything about that one either.
2: Never heard of that one. Um, uh, go
0: ahead. I was just going to say more along. I mean, I, I was going to speak on my uh, personal experience trading options. Actually, my biggest learning point was last year, right before COVID hit. Um, I was looking at, I I like to kind of like watch global news, look what's going on. And I was reading all these stories from Italy about COVID, all this stuff. And you'd turn on CNBC and they'd be saying, oh, COVID's not coming here, like all this stuff. And I was like, well, this seems a little bit different than, you know, Zika or Ebola, some of these other like virus scares that we've had. And so I, I bought some puts on some companies that I thought wouldn't do well. And then eventually you know, like, uh, like ExxonMobil, Darden, who Darden owns Red Lobster and, and, all of Darden and all these restaurants. I was like, oh, these restaurants are going to close. And I kid you not, I, I made like from like $600 in my checking account, was making thousands of dollars on these puts and just having the time of my life. And then literally I can look at my portfolio and on March 18th, which was the lowest day of the market, was my portfolio's highest point. And I just kept everything short. And as the market turned around, lost everything I had gained. Luckily didn't lose any of my, like I, I like ended up even, but I, to lose those thousands of dollar gains in such a short time was a very big learning experience for me trading options.
2: Yeah. Um, so again, you know, something else to keep in mind when you bring that up is that when the market, you don't have to let everything go to zero. And there's a lot of people that believe that they can't put stops in on options. And I will tell you, you can absolutely put stops on options. Uh, this this one overwhelming belief is, well, my risk is premium paid. Well. No offense, if a trade's not working, why should I give all of my options money back? So I typically put on a 30-day plus option a 50% profit stop or, or, or max loss. This way, once, you know, if I lose 50%, my theory is chances are that trade's not going to work anymore because the option may not be able to get back to where it was, even if the stock price got back to where it was. Another thing you can do, and I always tell people this, is take profits along the way. And the biggest mistake I see people doing all the time where they and they just beat up their mental capital is they get up nicely on it and then they get greedy. So, you know, if you have a two dollar option, you're up a buck and you have a bunch of them, take some, sell some, put a profit stop now at the money because the worst thing that happens when you're up nicely on a trade and then the trade turns and it goes against you. Now you go from a nice big green trade and now you're red. It just screws up with your mental psychology. There's no reason to let it happen. Stops are put them in for a reason. They're there to keep your profits safe. Most people confuse that what we do is about making the big money every day in and day out. What we do is most important as traders is consistently make money, manage our losses, and keep your account steadily moving forward. And that's really what it's all about.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I've I've learned that the hard way. I I pull up the Scott's chart because a few months ago – let's see. When was this? I bought some, like, calls – right around here so at the beginning of may for like midsummer, Scott's scots calls and i had my thesis on it you know and the stock was ripping and my calls were up like i want to say 100 percent at one point and I, I was looking at my portfolio like but but nothing in my thesis about scots has changed like i still think it's gonna do well in the summer or whatever and then of course we saw this big downtrend and that coupled with the theta decay i went from being up 100 percent to like down i was like that was so silly i should have seen that up the calls were up 100 percent. Sold, if not all of them, at least some of them, um, and instead ended up getting out and like salvaging some of my money. But definitely,
2: definitely learned that lear- learning that the hard way along the way. So here's an example. I've been in Mondelez now for about a week and a half, and they first started by buying a ton of the June 65 options on it. Uh, big volume there. And what's the, the ticket?
0: What's the ticker on that one?
2: Mondelez, M- MDLZ. M D L. There you go. Hit an all-time high today. Okay. So they've been buying calls hand over fist, but the calls weren't working in this one. The reason was is that the stock wasn't moving enough and the calls were decaying and the VIX was coming in. And the initial calls I had went red. So liked it, bought a couple more, added to those June 65s. On Friday, we saw a big, massive call buying again into the June 6750 calls. Figured something's up. Let me buy some of those two the, over the weekend. Came in this morning, stock was up bid. The first thing I did was I sold my June 65 calls for a small profit, but better than a loss, took some risk off the tables. Now letting the 6750s work as it goes into an event for next week. They have an analyst day and everybody's like, well, why would you sell something? Like, well, I don't want to be oversized. I was hoping maybe to catch some news this weekend. We didn't. The stock's up at all time highs. I still have some exposure. It's about managing risk and not letting things get away from you. And the worst thing I see people do is they don't manage risk or whenever the stock dips or the options dip, they just keep adding. For me, I don't like to add to losing, losing positions often because if it's not working, it's not working. Get out of it. Come back another day.
0: A hundred percent. And and like going back to my little story about last year at COVID when I made a bunch of money buying puts and then didn't sell them and, you know, lost that money that I gained is, it's, it's, it's fun and it's great if you do have an option contract that goes up X hundred percent, a thousand percent even. But I'd much rather take consistent, you know, 10, 20 percent gainers on these contracts day in and day out than, you know, take the risk of trying to watch, you know, if you have something that's already in the money, instead of trying to watch it run to a thousand percent, whatever it is, just consistently take those profits, and you're going to be better off
2: in the long and run. Maybe leave one on a runner just in case. Yeah, it's that's stop at break even
0: at that point. That's one of my favorite things. Is if I have like five contracts, and I can sell three of them for all the money that I put back in, and then just leave those two remaining contracts. It's like a free on the house. Like if I'm right and it keeps going, then great. If not, then it was free two contracts. You know? Exactly. Um, all right. Well, last question I will get from the chat is: Do you have any kind of thing? You any any stocks you're not picks, but you know stocks you're looking at right now. I know you said you were still a little bearish on Neo.
2: Yeah, I don't – well, I'm not big on any of the China names right now. I think there's a lot of trouble there still percolating. And uh, with Neo, the unedited, the unaudited side of it has me very concerned as we keep going forward. Uh, for what it's worth, last night I went over my members and uh, talked about how I think we thought today we might see a rotation into tech. We talked about it more this morning. And we finally got a nice breakout on the queues here above the 50-day. And at this point, keeping an eye on names like Facebook to run back to all time highs and, you know, NVIDIA if didn't have earnings this week. I would love to be in it. But remember, if you're playing options on the, uh, the week of earnings, the premiums are jacked to basically makes it. So you have to pay through the nose to get into them. So I don't usually trade options on earnings week.
0: Just for Yeah. Me. And it's so hard because, I mean, we've seen so much, especially in this recent earnings season, a company report great earnings and then the stock go down. I think NVIDIA will be interesting because, I mean, I don't know how, what their earnings are going to look like, of course, with the with the chip shortage and whatnot going on. But yeah, if you're, it, that's that's a dangerous game to play, is to try to trade yep.
2: options into the, into the earnings. So for me right now, my focus is on tech for this week. I see, think we're seeing some rotation, see if that can come up. Typically a bullish week into next Tuesday, and then we see where we go from there.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was watching NVIDIA earlier. It's been moving a lot today. I don't know if this is one of you know, a lot of times we see with some of these bigger tech names where the stock will kind of run up into earnings and then have a sell off. Um, And we saw that with Apple.
2: Oh, every semiconductor has sold off on earnings this quarter for the most part. I think there's only been one or two that haven't. So that has me on edge because it doesn't really matter what the report and guidance has been great on all of them. It just hasn't seemed to matter.
0: Yeah. But like you said, you know, even if I think like, oh, this stock's going to run up into earnings, then have a sell off. The puts are expensive. I'm not going to I'm not going to touch those. It's a little dangerous.
2: So final piece of advice, if you want to trade after earnings and options, wait at least five minutes before taking an option after earnings the next day, because you have to let the IV be drained out because the market makers, the first thing they do is when the options open, they drain the IV out, which takes about half the option price away. So wait five minutes before grabbing an option on name. Awesome. That's another great great piece of advice. I've also heard that you don't want to buy
0: options right at the open because VIX can tend to be a little bit higher than 15 minutes down the road.
2: It can, but I generally don't care. After five minutes, if I like the setup, I take it.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Mike. When we get back into some more advanced options, we'll bring you back on. Maybe we can do a breakdown of all the different Greeks that you look at. Sure. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, of course. Uh, everyone go give uh, Mike a follow on Twitter. It's at Options Mike. Is that correct? That yeah, is. At options Mike, I'll throw it up there. Throw the link in the chat. And yeah, if you're curious about learning options, there's no one better than Mike here.
2: Thanks, Aaron. Have a good one. You do the same.
0: My man Mitch, what's up?
3: What's up, dude? What's up? How's the market for you today?
0: Um, it's I haven't really had time to check my portfolio, but the stocks that I like seem to be I love NVIDIA and I've got that in my long term portfolio, so it's nice to see that up twenty five bucks today. Oof. Big pullback
3: here in tech, but um, honestly, I'm thinking this might bounce back, and we might get a great day in tech. Um, I'm going to show right here. I got you. If you want to go ahead and head out, and we'll we'll see you guys get technical. Or we'll yeah, we'll be you back a in a couple minutes for get technical. I appreciate it. Got you, got you. I'll hold this down for you. All right, guys. So I'm going to really quickly just run you through the sectors of the day. One of the things I did at the open, and now I'll go ahead and get through it here in the middle. So definitely smash the like if you guys like me doing this, guys. Um, Let me turn. Forget the little light. Let's keep going here. All right. So technology here. You guys saw a big push up here right out the open. Semiconductor is really leading, as you guys can see. We just talked about some of that one, that, that NVIDIA Play also looking great. Uh, NVIDIA looking good here. MU with a nice move. I don't know if you saw Micron Technology. That was an interesting move right there. Another one, AMAT. AMAT doing a nice move up. So definitely take your eyes on these. Keep your eyes on them. And for that, uh, for that how's Intel doing? Uh, there you go. Look at, look at Intel just pushing up on the high of the day right now. And this is one of my favorite patterns, guys. Whenever you get this kind of dip below the VWAP, then it clears it and holds it on a pullback. This is a nice VWAP bounce play, nice pushback up there in INTC. So definitely, guys, let me know what you guys are looking out there. And I can also take a look at some of these specific stock tickers if you guys want me to take a look. But definitely smash the like. Mike did a great job there. Uh, Real estate looking good today, man. I didn't expect to see this one. Real estate services, residential office looking good there. Um, Let's take a look also at consumer cyclical. And of course, gambling, gambling. We talked about if the major stocks started roaring again, you could potentially see the industry start making a move up. So one that I've been watching, guys, for a while, and I've been telling uh, a lot of people on Money Mitch, I mean, if you're not watching, you're probably not on with the trends here but we said watch out for this dkng push back up and with that being said we're going to also watch to see if Penn can start ripping and be the leaders that they are and with that being said you can take a look at some other plays i talked about this on friday i said gan i'm liking this i'm liking this approach today it's up almost nine percent here Great move for Gan. Another one that I like, guys, is RSI. RSI is another one that I'm keeping a close eye on. We've gone down and up today, so we'll see if we can get back above 13s for this on RSI. That would definitely give me a good look. As you guys see, a good push from the 1250s. That's what I wanted to see, guys. I was actually thinking about maybe double downing in this position. I actually have an entry on RSI at 1205, so I'm letting this stock work here. Another one in that industry that you can take a look at is, of course, res- resorts and casinos are moving up today. And We talked about some of those in the morning. MGM, we're going to take a look at uh, MGM having a great day here. It's pushing on up there past the resistance of, of 4098 and really starting to push up. CZR, one that Jason Raznick mentioned on Friday, guys, in that red candle and look at it. One day up and you have a nice move up today. That's uh, another one to definitely keep on your radar, guys. And then of course, win. Win is another great one there. Look at the, look at this push on the daily. I like this one. Of any of the charts, this one's looking great here through the 130s. If we can get some volume there at 130, it definitely could keep coming on up. All right, guys, we're waiting for a second here. We'll get Neil on on Get Technical. Hopefully he doesn't kill the plant today, guys. I'm going to need you guys to save the plant. So if you guys don't know about the plant, then you guys probably haven't checked out Get Technical. So if you need to find out what the plant's all about, definitely stick around for Get Technical. We'll be getting started in about a minute or two. But another one that I'm going to take a look at, and before we get you on out of here, guys, is an energy kind of pullback day. Let's see if this continues because I'm still looking at oil on kind of this uptrend. And if you look at the gush, um, this is a leverage uh, kind of gas look. And, and we've gotten kind of a pullback, but also a push up here. Let's see if this continues on the downtrend. Um, one of the ones that I was looking to see push up because it's the opposite was drip today. And as you can see, it's turned back around. And so I, I think you're going to start continue to see oil Oil demand continue to increase. Another in consumer cyclicals that I was watching was lodging. I talked about it in pre-market prep. I said Hilton was on my radar, guys. I said also um, Marriott. Marriott was also on my radar, guys. Good day there for Hilton, though. Starting to push up there. Mars, which is uh, Marriott. Marriott, also a good day. And for that being said, did Airbnb have a good day? Oh, looks like it's finding a good bottom here. This is what I, I like to see sometimes, guys. Undercut and rally, but really we haven't really cut kind of these lows. So we gotta be careful if we go to attempt these 10, 20, uh one twenty-fives. But it is an interesting day and something that I'll definitely keep an eye out on those. But Definitely, lodging, keep your eyes out. Um, there's also different plays in lodging. Let's see how the airlines are doing today. I know that some people are going to keep an eye out on these. So, LUV, you can take a look at. Um, we could take a look at this industry watch. And one of the things that I do see is a strong support there for the airlines. And so maybe we continue to see a push up. All right, guys. Another one that I'm keeping an eye out for is kind of cruise lines. And let's see how CC l's looking right now carnival is following my strongest pick out of the cruise lines and man that 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 looks like a good strong candle today after we got this kind of drive up we got a couple sideways days and now we're driving back up through that twenty eight seventeen. if we can get above 28 and hold this one will be looking good to, to start approaching that 31 approach all right what's going on what's going on All right, guys. So the next one up, NCLH. That's another good cruise line play that I like here, guys. It's starting to really match up towards this trend. We want it to get back up towards this high around 31.50. So right now it's starting to look stronger and we got a push here off this 28.50. So definitely you can use that as kind of a risk point. But this $30 right here is where we want to start seeing some real lift come. As you can see, this one has a tendency of going up and back down, up, back down, up, back down. Let's see if it now holds that 28.50 and really starts pushing on those 32s. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here. Neil should definitely be getting started. Let me check just to make sure AB will let, let me know there. Um, all right, guys. Looks like Jivo is one being mentioned in the chat. So I'll get that last one through and then we'll go ahead and wrap up here. All right, so one of the things is you saw a nice push back from kind of this lower uh, 475 on Jivo. I do like kind of this little push, but one thing I would use on Jivo so I don't get caught too often is let's let's use a weekly chart on this one so we don't get caught off kind of jumping into a daily push out. And so one of the things I'd point out is kind of a horizontal line right here, a support being drawn kind of closer towards this uh, 590s. So this 590s definitely needs to hold if it pulls back. Maybe you get a test of this 575, 573. So let's see if we can get a pull back there first before you go and, and kind of load the boat in this one. But I I do see kind of the approach that you're trying to take there. The only thing is that you got a kind of one bottom look, two bottom look, and then a three bottom look. You don't want to see it break that support there at 573 So I think you might get a test of it. And what you would want to see is a quick reversal right back up and heading towards that $8 on Givo, guys. All right, guys, going to go ahead and wrap up here. I hope you guys enjoyed me going through some of the sectors and the industries here. One of the things that you guys can do me a favor if you guys enjoyed this is hit us up on the comments below after the show. Let us know what you want to see more on power hour. We'll definitely reach out to those guests and definitely adapt the show for the viewer out there. So give us some feedback.